0: this week i chatted to the open book that is jordan stevens jordan found fame as one half of the duo rizzle kicks and since then with acting and tv presenting and has gone on to host two brilliant podcasts about mental health the first is fittingly called whole truth and you'll see why when you listen to my conversation with jordan and the second killing it podcast exploring mental health specifically in terms of the music industry in this conversation, Jordan tells us why he believes that honesty is medicine and why he's drawn to podcasts that delve into the human psyche from leaders such as Russell Brand and Brené Brown. We also talk about cancel culture, the evolution of celebrity, and why Jordan has resorted to chatting to his dog in lockdown. Now, enough from me. Let's get cast away with Jordan Stevens. Jordan Stevens, welcome to Castaway.
2: Way!
0: Hey, I got away. Uh you're in lovely Margate as we speak.
2: I am, I'm cast away in um Well actually no, I can't I don't want to disclose my position, do you know what I mean? You know, I don't wanna like I'm um, as I'm a government agent, that's so okay. Okay, you I'm, could be I'm, anywhere in the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm anywhere on the east coast of Kent, yeah.
0: I am. Um, I know you're kind of based between. You know, you're sometimes in central London, and then um, Margate meets no, up to you. Stop telling people where <laughs> I am. <laughs> I can I can give you his address. Actually, I'll just tweet about it later oh, on. Oh, mate. Um, but how does it feel to be where you are now? To be out of London, to be by the sea. Yeah,
2: it's a dream. London is. I think, like, I've, I I feel. I love London. It's a great city, but I do feel for people in London right now because it's. Like it just feels like a like a, a cauldron of paranoia, mm-hmm. and also like also no one like a lot of people don't care. It's like confusing. You have people who are like really freaked out, and then people who are just like living their normal lives. Whereas out here, it's kind of desolate. It's like a ghost town, and it's it's really relaxing and beautiful. And you know, I get I get to have all those little internal zen vibes where i'm like oh look at that lovely tree you know
0: and some time to yourself speaking to a lot of people who've been on the podcast recently niall horan he was supposed to be like on a big tour now um in promo for his new album he says he's kind of enjoying the time the downtime are you are you like that because you always have a million things on the go yeah. and is this a time just to to be present take stock
2: yeah yeah totally i'm really getting into it i mean i i i have occasional moments of like feeling kind of suffocated but then hilariously I actually put the two weeks, the first two weeks of lockdown aside in my diary for about two months prior to isolate. (laughs) I swear, my my manager and like some close friends as witnesses, I had been saying it for a while. I was like, I'm going to go away for two weeks from March the 13th because I really just want to get some time to myself. And then a global pandemic happened. So, I mean, I I hope it's not my fault. I don't think it's my fault.
0: Why did you feel you you needed that time?
2: Just that life was quite stressful to me at that, at that moment, but I didn't, I just wanted to just feel who I was and now I'm definitely doing that, which is nice.
0: I think the fact that we're all in lockdown, I do think we're talking a little bit more. I, I feel that yeah. myself anyway. I'm a talker anyway. I, I love a good chat. The one thing that I've really clung on to is that we're all kind of in it together and I know... I mean, we're very lucky. You and I, even at privileged position, to to have a home and to be somewhere yeah. that's safe. But we're all feeling and we're all experiencing uh, the it's same grief. thing.
2: It's grief. It's grief. That's what I think is was so interesting about the time is. Of course, there's anxiety, but beneath that is grief because we have lost a lot of stuff. We have lost the ability to touch another p- person. We have lost the freedom to be able to sit in groups. We have lost. There's a lot of lost we've lost the the safety of our future plans and people have lost people you know Mm -hmm. and 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 it's that is that that lives in the body and that is a very real emotional scenario that we have to unlock ourselves from and that's why it's really important to pay attention to our feelings and to keep connecting in the ways that we do I have also been speaking to my dog I've been having actual (laughs) full-on conversations with my dog what
0: type of dog is it
2: he is a collie retriever. I rescued him a few years ago. And the the weirdest thing about it is I don't think it's anything to do with quarantine. I think I've just, I just think,
3: <laughs> I, think
2: I think our relationship has just grown in that way.
0: I, I've always talked to my dog. I'm always like, have you seen my phone? Where are the keys? Do you Where's actually? Always talk to the dog. Oh, always. Mate. One day he'll reply back and that will be a strange day. Um, but yeah. I'm definitely uh, very grateful for for my little dog at this time because I know he kind of keeps the energy and spirits up because sometimes it's hard to get up in the morning and I know I have to get up to let him out go for a week. Right, that, yeah. so that that's kind of that gets it going and as I said these conversations I know you mentioned there you touched on lots of things and grief and anxiety and and you've always been great Jordan for talking about things yeah. what I love about podcasts, this little space that we've got now it just feels it feels safe and it feels yeah. like a discussion
2: yeah no, podcast is, I mean, podcasting is an incredible kind of evolution of media, I think.
0: And you're no stranger. I mean, you've, you've had two podcasts so far.
2: Yeah, I've, I've kind of, it was weird. It's weird. You, yeah. Like you say, you'd think that it's a natural kind of step for me on the basis that I don't ever shut up really. Um, you'd, think, <laughs> <laughs> you'd think I'd be like, You oh, said yeah, that, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like one step away from just recording myself constantly every day and just giving people Talking a message.
0: Talking to the just, dog. Just,
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I'd appeared on a few episodes of stuff and I I liked it. And I do have two podcasts. I have one called Whole Truth, which is an extension of my mental health campaign uh, called I Am Whole, which is really cool. And and that felt like a natural progression, just opening up a space for people to talk about mental health. I'm actually looking to expand that. I'm actually looking to kind of really branch out with with the topics we cover on Whole Truth. And, And then more recently, I was picked up after doing Whole Truth by Spotify to do A a series called Killing It, which is specifically music and mental health, um, which again has been with and I present that with a woman called Petra Velzeboer, who's a life coach. Both have been amazing. I, 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 you know, some of the episodes of Whole Truth, one particularly with Greg James, uh, really went down. I like was the response was quite vivid.
0: What did you get from doing the chat with Greg James?
2: What was interesting about Greg is that his wife has like actively battled her own anxiety. I don't know they just it seemed like they were in an environment where they were both encouraging each other to become better people and I just Mm. thought uh it was very clear in that conversation how passionate he was about that and that's quite a lovely thing to to hear because support is is essential
4: so the panic attack was I think just a mixture of tiredness and feeling a bit overwhelmed and that job is overwhelming sometimes if you let it be overwhelming and I think when I'm when when people are tired you're more susceptible to feeling sad and a bit displaced and like what the fuck am I doing yeah. so it was that and mum not being very well and yeah I mean that's that's, and also that Bella would... is you know you, you, when you marry someone and when you love someone so deeply you feel all of their so, things as well and she she's done amazingly well with her work in the last few months but she suffers quite badly with stuff and you want to make, I want to make sure that I've got, giving her enough time and I sometimes don't feel like I am, and just all that stuff, sometimes just, just, just stuff.
2: Emotionally, it just and sometimes comes you just, to. A...
4: I, I remember I just stood in the, I stood in my bedroom and was like, I, I can't make a decision. I can't move. I, I'm sort of paralyzed with this thing. But then I just lay down uh, on the bed and was like, this all, this will pass, and it did. <laughs> I sort of called Bella and went, I think I'm, ha- I don't want you to worry, but I yeah. think I'm having a panic attack, and. Um, but it happens to a lot of people. Is that something she's dealt with? As yeah, well? she she suffers quite she has suffered quite badly with anxiety and and uh and depression over a number of years and she manages it and I'm aware of it and I know what to look for and I know the questions to ask and when to leave her and when to sort of run in and say I'm here. Yeah, I can help. Yeah, be Come available. On. Let's I can help you with this. Talk to me. So, she's helped a lot in understanding it and has helped me learn more about it and encouraged me to read certain things or um, talk to certain people about stuff.
0: But yeah. You've had some great guests between A Whole Truth uh, and Killing It. And yeah. I think it was it was Killing It that you interviewed Liam Payne. Yeah. I've interviewed them, like, say, for telly Things. And then, you know, as I said, I had Niall on the podcast separately. And it's such a different dynamic. And especially with someone like Liam, who has to be very protective of everything he says. And when he everything. came on your podcast... I remember there was one bit he talked about, I think it was the first time he auditioned for X Factor. Oh my God, And he was saying the stuff that people would say to him, he was ridiculed. And I think he said when he was 15 or 16, someone, he was in McDonald's or something. And someone said, oh, you're that reject from X Factor. Yeah, yeah, scarring. I've never heard him speak like that.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I remember feeling that exact same thing how the the podcast is structured is I I kind of sit in intro kind of, you know, loosen up the vibes (laughs) and then they kind of speak to Petra for a while. And then I come back in and I remember hearing that I I feel as though I could, we could have spoken to Liam for, for longer. There's a lot of depth to that. And I, I, yeah, like you say, Laura, like I don't think anyone can make any mistake in, in actively realizing how much, those boys have had to and continue to deal with. Just because somebody is has some kind of status in, in the material realm does not mean that being ridiculed at 15 won't stay with them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that that's something they have to actively challenge. And I'm really glad that he opened up on the podcast like that because I know there is a barrier but mentally between the public and in inverted commas and entertainers. But emotion has nothing to do with the material world. Seriously. Like I say, like grief, love, joy, anger, they connect or everybody. We all experience it the same way. No one is exempt from experiencing it differently. Um And I think that's what is lovely because there is a relatability in that. You know,
0: you mentioned there um the psychotherapist Petra, who you do killing it with. Yeah. And what does that bring? I Cause I think Having that expert there as well, it does bring a certain gravitas and uh, an outcome, I suppose, to the conversations.
2: Yeah, it just brings a legitimacy, really, you know, because it, it distracts from the fact... It distracts from me just being a complete con artist, you know what I mean?
0: I think you know what you're talking about. I feel like you <laughs> do. I feel like you've experienced a lot of things to, to good have good a right to speak.
2: Yeah, um, it is it's good to have that balance. And, of course, she is, you know, incredibly seasoned in that world. And, yeah, get along with her and she's... and. Uh, It's nice, nice to have a bit of balance. Each week on Killing It, we'll speak to artists who are there, have been there, who are in the music industry, and battle it every day. They'll share their ups and downs, the same ups and downs I believe that we all experience, but just in a different space maybe. But we want to investigate both because we live in a world where sometimes it's easy to assume that everything's hunky-dory. We'll talk about the tools and strategies that help us manage whatever it is we're dealing with. Helping them to share their experiences is my amazing co-host Petra Velzebor. How's your mental health today?
5: Today it's pretty good. Really? Last week was really intense and um, I felt like I had to recover Sunday and just do nothing. So that felt good.
2: Aha, the magic of nothing.
5: It's really hard. I find it hard.
2: To do nothing? To do nothing.
5: Yes, so do I. Yeah.
2: So how did you go about it? Well,
5: I say nothing. I went for a walk. I got some sleep. I hung out with my boyfriend I ate some good food. So I did the nurturing my body and my mind thing. Wow. Super self-care. I think that's what that was. You didn't destruct
2: at all? Not even one hot cross bun? Uh, No. Damn. Tell us about yourself.
5: So I am a psychotherapist and a coach and I guess I just love having deep conversations with people. So I'm excited to talk about like the music industry and if there's anything specific about it that like fucks us up or is it actually just what it's like out there in society today. How do you feel about the music industry? I think it's really fast paced. I think there's lots of um, social media comparing stuff going on. I think uh, there's a lot of judgment out there. And I think people need to look after their resilience and their mental health in a bigger way than maybe they used to. Yeah. But what I love is that the conversations are pretty open these days with some of us rather than just hidden under you know, the blanket
0: of shame. Is there anybody anyone that's been quite difficult to have on?
2: That's a really good question. Uh, maybe
0: he, not. Maybe it's all been about- a breeze.
2: <laughs> no, I mean I just seem to be quite fascinated by mm-hmm. people's w- willingness more mm-hmm. than anything. I, one one that resonated with me the most was when I interviewed Reggie Yates for mm-hmm. Whole Truth because like, I've always looked up to Reggie because he was kind of that one of the only black guys I saw on 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 television when I was younger in Britain anyway. And I, like, I went on his podcast and I realized I didn't really know anything about him. Like really. Like I've mm-hmm. I've seen him achieve a lot, but I didn't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing to have him in that space and just see him. Like, but no, no, no nothing, nothing difficult. I think some people are maybe a little bit wary. I've mm-hmm. had I've definitely there were a couple of interviews on Killing It where you could tell that the that the, the the artist was quite naturally protective. But I mean, what else do you expect? I believe honesty is healing, and if someone is in touch with that at that time, then great and if they're not then you know there's just no rush man like we <laughs> you know what i mean we're not tabloids <laughs>
1: yeah
0: and i said we've got a space we've an hour to have a conversation it's not a five minute interview where you need to get a poll quote it's it's yeah. time and time is something very valuable as oprah always says you've been very open about you know your your own issues that you've had to deal with going through you know being in Rizzle Kicks and kind of coming out of it and then, you know, having so many other parts to your career. Then also your own anxiety, your reliance on on drinking and drugs and different things. I suppose how hard was it in giving all that information up? Because, you know, once that's out there, that's out there. You uh, can't take it back.
2: Yeah, you're so, so mad you asked that. It is the biggest gift and curse <laughs> it's that, like, I literally cannot stop myself from saying <laughs> like what what I think and feel like I've I'm definitely becoming more conscientious of my responsibility to others as I grow older you know that like some stories aren't there for me to tell but um mm-hmm. but in terms of my own I just really I honestly honestly I can't emphasize this enough I believe that when a person is honest with me as, as well, and when I'm honest to a person, it's like medicine. Like you can tell the difference between someone being honest and, you, and someone being guarded. You just can. Even if you lo- intellectually believe what they're saying, you, I feel intuitively you know whether or not someone's being open. Okay. And, and I connect on that level. I love it. So the reason why I, I, I thought it was so odd that you asked me that question is that I, I barely ever listen back to my podcasts. I don't know why I think it's something to do with valuing the moment or, or perhaps it's some kind of anxiety that if I had said something that I didn't like, that I would then overthink it and I can't change it. And mm-hmm. it was just something with killing it. I was the first one to be interviewed in, in the first episode to kind of show the format. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, actually I'm going to listen to this one because maybe it will be good to get an idea of where I'm at in terms of how I speak about certain things. Mm-hmm. And, um, I listened to this episode and I talk quite openly about my mum and I, when I'm a a kid and I, Oh God, it actually makes me feel a bit sad when I say this now, but I, I basically listened to it and I said that my mum had these panic attacks and I said that I didn't feel safe. And I just like a part of me when I heard that, I don't know. I just was, I just, my my heart dropped and I, I rung my Mm mum and I said to her, look, mum, I'm so sorry. Like, I've been really open about my childhood. Me and my mum are, are really close. She's aware of the nature of my healing and the fact that I've had to be open like this in order to help other people. But I, yeah, I, I I spoke to her and I just broke down in tears. I was sobbing because I thought it must have been quite hard for her to hear me talk about her. But it actually then led to an incredibly beautiful conversation with my mum. And I did, I added to the end of the next episode of the podcast saying, look, like, I spoke kindly about my mum, but I didn't bookend it by saying that she'd also been an incredibly supportive parent. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. fact is, the matter is, she was there, and that's why I talk about what she went through because she was there, and that speaks volumes, you know. And um, sorry, I know that's actually a really long, (laughs) long answer to a simple question. No, but it's it's really interesting. But but
0: because uh, there's no simple questions anyway, because all questions lead to something else. But uh, even speaking about your mum, the fact that you said that it did open up this new conversation with your mum. I grew up with just my mom, and uh, I think I said in an interview once what, what something about like I grew up in a two bedroom house uh, with just yeah. my mom, and I think they wrote something like Laura grew up in a two bedroom flat and um, for me that, there's no difference to that but my mom wow. was so proud and worked so hard to buy her a little house Um yeah. And she thought that by saying flat, it, it sounded smaller, even though flat's absolutely fine. To me, it meant nothing to me. But she was like, I worked so hard so I could afford that for my child. And yeah. and I think I made some comment in an interview once about my mom worked full time. Um, So I had I, I went to, like she dropped me to the child minors to a crash and then I went straight to school and then she picked me up the evenings and, I think that gave me my work ethic. She got really upset because she said she always felt that she didn't have the time to play with me. Like, Uh, because she was so tired all the time because she was working so much. And it was only after I'd said something in the interview that we had this conversation. Because I said, oh, no, you gave me this drive. But in her head, she'd seen it another way. And it's just, it is funny how, like, you looking back, when you said it at the time, you didn't mean anything by it, um, knocking your mum. It was because she was there, as you said
2: yeah yeah it was she very much understood that she really appreciated that i i spoke to her but it will and and essentially it will help and also that was one of many things i said but mm-hmm. yeah i am just i am an open book and i and i'm I'm not going to change that I'm proud of it i think it's it's a a good quality to have but yeah that was that was a tough one and it, and it and it and it just showed me that well it led to something positive.
0: Someone else I want to talk about who's on your list of recommendations. It's actually the second time this podcast has been mentioned. Russell Brand, Under the Skin. I think with Russell's podcast, such a wide range of people listen to that podcast. Older, younger, male, yeah. female, coming from all different sorts of uh, socio backgrounds. And I, I think with Russell, he, similar to you, he's kind of had to be open to deal with his own demons.
2: Oh, mate, yeah. He's a very troubled man, but the, but his, the way in which he's the, transmuted that energy, I think, is like admirable. You know, he's not Uh, perfect, but no one is. Yeah,
0: sure, no one is. And and with Under the Skin, I suppose, as the title says, it's kind of scraping what's beneath the surface, similar with, you know, when you interview pop stars and stuff, and we all see a certain side of people. And again, I just think Russell has a knack, doesn't he? He has a knack of kind of... Maybe it's how he speaks so eloquently. He kind of lures you in and suddenly so you just become completely captivated by him.
2: Yeah. No, it's a skill. It really is a skill. Communication, it's not easy. So it's not easy to create a space where people feel like safe enough to open up or, or have the kind of range of thought to approach certain subjects from a different angle and, and, and find a more interesting answer or an unusual answer. I, a lot of my love for that podcast is, is, is just the, the guests he gets on. And yeah. and and his neutrality in that respect, I think he has cross-pollinated. <laughs> is that my <that> word? <laughs> yeah, you know, cross-pollinated politically and spiritually and everything. And it, and I, I just I like that. I think we live in such divisive times that like having somebody willing to speak to anyone is 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 the vibe.
0: I, I think you'd mentioned one particular episode was the Doctor Gabor Matei one.
2: Yeah, Gabor Matei, Yeah. Yeah, oh, which
0: is have um, you heard it? Yeah, I, I actually listened to it last night because um, uh, I hadn't yes. listened to that one. Uh, uh, and again, as you said, as you said, cross-pollination, but there's such a range of people. There's such a range of people. And and I think, as you said, that's the beauty of it. And each one unique in, in themselves. I think Russell said after this particular one that uh, I think it was one of his favorite ones. Because um, yeah. people who don't know, the, the doctor, he specializes in addiction, childhood trauma, He's stress, incredible. different forms of addiction. What was it that, that jumped at you?
2: Oh, yeah. I just, this guy, man, I just can't, like, I wonder when, when I first heard of Gabor Mate. I think I might have actually first heard him on, on, a, on a different podcast, but he is basically, his research, yeah, is around child psychology, and I was found it interesting because he was the first person who described his own ADHD in a way that was incredibly relevant to my life and didn 't feel as prescriptive, so his 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 research i i 'm listening to paraphrasing it I would, mm-hmm. I would literally advise anyone to listen to gabo mate, especially mm-hmm. this podcast. He suggests that ADhd for example isn 't something that you 're born with neurologically, which is what you 're often told by specialists but you 're born with the propensity to have it, mm-hmm. but your environment essentially triggers it within you, and he described his his upbringing and his and his life and, he, and how how like it wasn't an abusive upbringing you know what I mean it wasn't like uh, an upbringing where there were particularly traumatic events but the state of play pushed him into his own mind and he believes that's very much part of ADHD is you're in an environment that where you don't feel necessarily as able to express your authentic self so you go into your own head as a survival mechanism and it just I don't know man and I, I was like wow that really does make sense and then he talks about how that spirals into addiction and I don't know, man. It was just, he, he, and he's got his beautiful talking voice and he's really calm and, you know, and he's interested in psychedelics and, he just seems, and he himself has ADHD. That's what's so brilliant. He's not someone coming here with this kind of hypermoralistic values. He's like, I have ADHD. I've messed up. I've been like this in relationships. Mm-hmm. I've been like this. But, but I think th- that
0: makes him more trusting, no? Because of there's no course. point in someone telling you something if they've no idea what it's like to live with it,
2: right? How? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to segue into us talking about our current political climate, but yes, yeah. I agree with you, Laura.
0: And um, with him as well. It's like he's not preachy. He's not negative. It's optimistic.
2: And he's a vibe. He's a yeah. lover. He believes that people are born loving. That is actually what separates him from some other professors is that he believes in in the good within people.
4: So you completely remove morality and condemnation from the vocabulary around addiction. When we see street homeless people... This is not a moral failing. This is simply more suffering. That's what we are witnessing, that the only thing that separates me from a homeless street addict is different. I've had less suffering, better opportunities, more people stepping in and helping.
3: I've either had less suffering or I've had more help with my suffering than mm-hmm. they have received, one or the other. Yes. But, but morality, nobody chooses to be an addict. Nobody chooses to be a, a, a street dweller. Um, If you look at the large scale uh, studies, uh, sociological studies, the more adversity in childhood, the greater risk for addictions, period. And if you look at how the human brain develops, uh, suffering itself shapes the, misshapes, distorts the healthy development of the human brain. So when we talk about addiction as a brain disease, well, yeah, it might be, but what creates the brain disease is suffering. Uh, 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 During the early period of vulnerable, and, and, and burgeoning brain development, the kind of emotional and social influences that act upon the brain will have an impact on the actual circuitry and the chemistry of the brain. Now you describe yourself, I think, as a cocaine and a heroin addict a- amongst other things. Yes. Well, if you actually look at what did the cocaine do for you? It, it did something for you that, that was lacking in your life, uh, vitality, a sense of connection, perhaps a sense of presence, perhaps uh, uh, vitality, something that we all want, the heroin possibly made you feel less pain, made you feel more uh, connected with other people, made you give you more inner peace. These are all qualities that are part of human existence, normally speaking. And the question is, what happens to us in childhood that robs us of these qualities?
0: There was a bit in it. He was talking about how society he feels is designed to escape daily consciousness. That's why we 100%. love entertainment shows and like everything we do is escapism. Do you think, as a society, that we don't look enough at ourselves, that we are trying to run away from something?
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's. We are. We are currently. I believe that we're currently conflicted as a world where. Mm-hmm a part of us in ourselves we inherently understand that we're moving ourselves away from what it means to actually be human so Mm. you have these kind of trends like veganism or like yoga or all this stuff that is is based in spirituality but has been westernized but we but we we kind of know we kind of know we want to do it but then to the other extent you know we have devices are constantly with us where we can remove ourselves from our feelings we can distract ourselves i do believe that there that we are actively attempting to pull ourselves away from how we feel or or we're encouraged to that's probably the better way to say it. we're encouraged to
0: when when we talk about things and even from with tv shows and stuff like that a pop stars whether you're you know whether you're on love island or whether you're in the top charts and stuff like we're, we're taught that these aren't people that we yeah. we're told to like dehumanize people, and then there's that cancel culture as well. That if some pop star doesn't say something we like, that's it. They're gone. They're finished. And rather than actually going, well, why did they say that, and what's the root behind it? Yeah,
2: I mean, there's a couple of things you mentioned there. That mm-hmm. uh, the the evolution of of celebrity and fame is is an intriguing one. I mean, I don't really, I, don't, I think nowadays I don't, I don't really have much of an a particular leaning. I think I would, I you know, I want people who are put into that environment to prosper you know the love island Mm -hmm. contestants who have actually really come into who they are and they have something to say and whatever else i think that's great you know if you if you take the opportunity but yeah of course there 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 is there is a responsibility i think we have as as a nation as a culture to not interact with the, the condemnation and the kind of yeah the the tearing down of of people who are Like I say, the emotional world is not related to the material world. You can have like a million pound and two million followers and be utterly miserable. And I think that is something that, you know, we can Mm -hmm. only grow from understanding.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. Going back to Russell's podcast, there's so many different people he's had on his podcast, and he's had uh, Brené Brown. And then, uh, speaking of Brené, she's got her own podcast, uh, yes. Unlocking Us. And actually, a lot of the podcasts that you, you're picking at and speaking about is just delving deeper into the human side. I
2: know. I can't help it. A trend.
0: I'm sensing a trend here.
2: I can't help it. I was looking at my podcast list, and I was like, "Damn, Jordan! That's- like, you don't listen to anything like funny." <laughs> do you know what it is? I dip into other podcasts. Like I do. Yeah. There are some podcasts I listen to that I like about facts or like science. Like I used to mm-hmm. listen to this one Infinite Monkey Cage or something where it was about quantum physics. That was quite fun. And then one
0: a- one about quantum physics, yeah, A yeah. right
2: yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, There is, yeah, there's something, there's something really appetizing about if two people are able to connect with other people. That's amazing. I picked Brené Brown's podcast because I. Uh, adore Brené Brown like I think she's the most watched TED talk of all time or something mm-hmm. and just uh she has this she's just unapologetically herself and it's so inspiring and it's so warm and she's just hearing her talk on Russell's podcast about boundaries and like about how uh, just the, the 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 preservation of the kind of human spirit I just man like it's gold you know we're we're in a time when we can hear this and and then i seen that she had alicia keys on i was actually sent that podcast by a friend of mine donna and and i'm there like not only is alicia keys in a space where i've i personally have never heard her being op- mm-hmm. open she's written a book but she's being interviewed by brene brown <laughs> it was like, i know, do you know what I'm, trying, what I'm trying to say like who's equally you can, you
0: can also hear both of them like fangirling off each other yeah Literally. Literally. Yeah. Oh, and yeah speaking of Speaking of um, Alicia's one too, you're right. I haven't actually heard her speak like that in that space. So openly talking about her family, talking about relationships, oh, things amazing. that she'd done. And there's one thing she talked about going back to the childhood thing, which I know we've spoken about. That thing, you know, when you're a kid, you're always told, be a good girl, be a oh, good boy. Yeah. And and how Shame. how she won't say that to her little boy now. She tries not to say that because what does that mean? And how we're put into boxes and how... We're we're nearly trying to live our life by other people's expectations rather than our own.
2: Yeah, literally.
5: Then you started to deal with the music industry machine, who all had ideas about what you should look like and sound like and all of that. So in addition to kind of the contorting and figuring out who you should be, you had a couple of other things that, God, I related to so much, it was painful. One, you had some good girl stuff.
6: Oh, gosh. That's that's so annoying, but yeah, so much of it <laughs> I have so I had so much of it, and truly, in the past three years, maybe four maximum, have I finally understood what that means and how we actually we are told, just be a good girl, come on, you're not being a good girl, and I hear it, and I freak out about it because even with my my sons, I really try hard not to say be a good boy. I really, really, really try. I try to get more specific. Be more kind. Me too. You know, be more thoughtful, mm-hmm. be more helpful, you know, you know, be more patient, but do not be a good boy. Please don't just be a good boy because I told <sighs> you to be a good boy. And I realize that that good girl syndrome is all up inside of us so bad and so heavy and We literally will break our necks and to the detriment of ourselves, anything so that you will just know that I'm a good girl. Please don't think that I'm not a good girl. And we will choke ourselves and kill ourselves to be that. And I truly didn't even realize that. And only in the past four years have I been able to unpack that part. And that's been crazy. So yes, it's the worst ever. And it's easy to slip back into. It's a weight, isn't it? Oh my gosh. God, it's a weight. She's brilliant, isn't she?
2: Yeah, man. I love Brené Brown. I love Alicia Keys. Uh, I'm looking for, I listened to another episode as well uh, about grief actually, which I would suggest to anyone who um, wants a bit of perspective on how to deal with situations like this, you know?
0: With podcasts, do you kind of get recommended them? I got recommended oh a few years ago now, Super Soul Sunday, someone just sent me um, a particular episode. And that's I find then I kind of sent it on to someone else. Do you find you kind of get recommendations more so than actually go looking for podcasts?
2: Oh, you know what? Yes, I do get recommended them. Yeah. In fact, my friend Mackenzie, who I was once my personal trainer and is now one of my best friends. We often when we train together, we talk about stuff we'd heard in podcasts and theorize about things and he'll be like oh I heard this and I think you'll you'll like it I I exchanged podcasts with someone yesterday as well and like and we listened to so many podcasts like that was there was one Christina Tippett on being or something I can't remember Mm -hmm. and oh my god and we listened to we listened to the entirety of my dad wrote a porno
0: Oh, brilliant <laughs> podcast! So you do you do listen to fun stuff as well sometimes. Sorry, yes, so. I do listen to funny <laughs> stuff. Yes,
2: I am I'm a real person.
7: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, the final podcast that I want to mention now, and again, this this one is the second time um, mentioned on the podcast. Actually, it was I was mentioned on our very first podcast we ever did. It was the Adam Buxton podcast, which is brilliant, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I think. He's up there. When I think of podcasts, I just immediately think of Adam Buxton. Uh, British comedian, for those who haven't heard of him before. I mean, you, you might recognise him from Hot Fuzz, Stardust, Son of Rambo, as well as lots of TV shows. But I just feel he came into his own with this podcast. And it's been going for many years. His best pals with Louis Theroux, who pops up occasionally on the show. And again, mm. when, when Louis on it, you do see a whole other side to him. But one particular episode I want to talk about is with Philip Pullman. Adam like walks his dog and stuff at the beginning of it. And I always think there's a great like ASMR, you know the the sound, especially with the because it's it's oh, all yeah, it's great, yeah. you know, it's it's all in your ear and it's the crunch of the leaves and the wind and, and it's when he's I think he goes to, to the writer Philip Pullman's house. Is he at his house yeah. or something? yeah, a yeah, big manor right. or something. And I love that. I think the wind, everything, it just gives you a different sense that you're just kind of walking along with them.
1: And if you extend the notion of consciousness to inanimate objects and things like that, does that bring with it all kinds of complicated moral problems then for how we interact with the world?
7: Uh, yes, it might easily, mightn't it? And if you start thinking that plants are conscious, you have to apologise to every potato
1: you have. Well, I was reading about a scientist who is exploring the concept of um, consciousness and, and uh, uh, suffering in yeah. insects, yes. which is obviously problematic for all sorts of reasons or, or, or troubling for all sorts of reasons especially yeah. if insects are going to provide us with a source of protein when yeah. food becomes scarce. Well
7: that's right uh, it troubled Darwin actually because Did didn't he use as an example this, this ghastly wasp that lays its eggs in the right. maggot of some other species. I think it was in the question of um, whether God existed and how could a merciful God allow that kind of thing to happen. But it's a big puzzle. Nature must be full of um, extraordinary amounts of suffering.
1: Mm-hmm. So how do we rationalise it then? Is, I we, don't know. we assume that there's some sort of hierarchy of suffering, and we—I don't know—or just block it out.
7: I don't know. Yeah. It's one of the things I'm writing this book to find out. Which book? The The, the, the Book of Dust.
1: Ah, yes. Will it be a, the final part? The It'll third? be
7: the third part. Yeah. Not, uh, well, n- not actually writing yet. I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah. After finishing a book, you're not writing so much as administering the consequences of having written. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go on a book tour and there's um, enormous numbers of books to sign and interviews and all this sort of stuff, which all of which I enjoy, but it's a long way from the, what the world of literature looked like when I was a small, well, when I was a young man.
2: There's a few podcasts who are able to really bring you into a certain environment. Same thing with Jesse West table manners. Actually, the more we oh, talk yeah. about it, the more I actually realise I've listened to about <laughs> a thousand million podcasts. But anyway, <laughs> that you can feel that you can like feel the kitchen that they're in with Jesse and her yeah. mum. and it's the same thing with Adam. Like when when you're with Philip Pullman, like there there'll be like tiny little moments of sound or kettle boiling, and it just like you just uh, it's amazing. Our, our imagination is is so powerful that you know, that that just being just suggesting something is enough. Um, but with this podcast, interestingly, I haven't actually listened to that much Adam Buxton. I, I did. I, I followed him when he did like a, a video, a YouTube series about YouTube comments, which I thought was mm-hmm. really funny, the bug or something. And I, I'm a massive fan of him. But I'm a huge Philip Pullman fan. Like mm-hmm. I'm like massive and. It, again, see, that's the, I suppose, the trend with what I'm saying is, is the combination of the two. I'm yeah. now even more of an Adam Buxton fan because yeah. I, I, my only, my only like relationship with Philip Pullman is through him telling me stories that have defined my childhood and now adult life with the new series or the, the you know, kind of extension of his world with his mm-hmm. Star Materials. And I'd never been caught by a book like that, and and the themes. I, he's just an incredible person, and I've I seen it come up. Philip Pullman interview. I was like, Philip, Philip Pullman is going to do an actual interview about like what? Ah, oh, got to listen to it. And and Adam Buxton was great, and he asked him all the questions I wanted to know, mm-hmm. and I suddenly knew this uh, knew Philip Pullman, who's almost now like a political icon to me now, man. You know, mm-hmm. and. um, Oh, man. Yeah, I was blown away. And, yeah, I, and so much credit to Adam. And now whenever you know, now I'm going to be trailing through his podcast. And I did I listened to other people after that. <laughs> I was like, but that was really fun.
0: I think as well, people like, you know, especially someone like Philip Pullman and, and people who are huge fans of Odd's of work, to kind of see things from his perspective as well. Because a lot of times, you know, when authors are doing interviews, it's kind of just about the book. And yes, Adam talks about the book, but he talks about so many other things as well.
2: He, he kind of goes into a dissection of C.S. Lewis, I think, from memory. And mm. I was like, whoa, I've never heard like... <laughs> i've never heard authors like audibly deconstruct other authors like, Do you know what i mean it-
0: most of the podcasts that i listen to personally jordan would be ones of people i admire and i kind of want to be friends with <laughs> yeah, and then yeah suddenly suddenly you feel like it, it you feel like you've just you know without them realizing just like pulled the chair up to their table and just joined in
2: yeah yeah literally have you interviewed yourself on this
0: have i interviewed myself
2: yeah have you like have you about, oh,
0: about what podcast i listen to yeah. I think I started out listening to a very specific type of podcast. I said the Oprah ones. Kind of, maybe would we'll go under self-help, but uh, discovery. A lot of Barbara. females. And uh, Oprah's one. I just love Oprah's one. But I think I, I listened to Oprah.
2: I didn't even all. know she had a
0: podcast. Oh, Super Soul. Oh, The Queen. But again, Super she's Soul. Sh- Super Soul. But she's similar to mm. Russell. It's such a wide range of people. Like She has the big names, but she has the not so big names. There was one guy, I think it's called Ray Hinton. I'll put it in the notes. Um, Basically, he... He killed someone and he went to prison and he did his time and he, he comes out now and he does lots of TED Talks and it was just fascinating. So I kind of went down the rabbit hole of all those ones. Um, but then since doing this podcast, it's opened me up to, do you know what i started listening to? A lot of murders.
2: Oh, interesting. And a lot
0: of there's one called, someone suggested it before. I think it was, it might've been Rankin, I had Rankin on um, the first series. There was one called The Last Days of August about this girl in the porn industry who uh, took her own life or they weren't mm. sure what had happened and I went to listen to one episode because I'd never heard of it I listened to a lot of s- a serial and all the other ones that a lot of people listen yeah, to, but not serial, that one yeah. and I listened to one episode and then I listened to eight I listened to all of them in one go back to back
2: whoa <laughs> that is pr- that sounds like a great podcast though I mean well, I was, yeah. w- mystery is I, that's the I mean everyone wants it didn't they everyone yeah. wants a bit of mystery What's going to happen next?
0: You have two podcasts, as we talked about. Uh, You've interviewed so many different people. If there was one person that you could sit down with, with a microphone, to do a podcast with, be it for Killing It, be it for another podcast, who would that be? If you want to drag someone back up from the grave, you can do that.
3: (laughs) Oh, man.
2: Um, Yeah, that's a really, I don't know why. Oh, oh, I want to say. Say the the first thing that comes into your
0: head. That's always the right one.
2: Do you, do you reckon? Therefore, there for uh, a I, I did have one. Well, the first one I said I thought in my head would be Prince. Like if I could bring oh. someone back from the dead. Because yeah. it's just the elusivity of some of these people that I find alluring. And the other one would be, I want to say Beyonce. Only because she barely speaks publicly. And mm. I think that I would enjoy creating a space where somebody less willing to... I don't know. I just hear we've heard a lot inadvertently about stuff that she's been through, and inadvertently about stuff that Jay Z's been through. And I just, I don't, I would love her to. I
0: feel like everything that I mean, I love Beyonce. She's my queen, but I do feel everything that she does publicly is so PR'd and contrived, and has yeah. to go for so many people. I don't feel like I've ever heard her just no, just have a chat.
2: Yeah, just be real. I Like yeah. I, which I which I respect, but you know, if you're asking me about my my dream. I'd also love to speak to an author called Bell Hooks. Mm -hmm. Um, And if anyone has read any of her books, they'll know why I'd want to speak to her. But I, I tried to look up interviews with her and there's only like one podcast that I managed to interview her. So I think especially in times like this, she has a really interesting perspective on people and yeah. I don't think Barhooks is actually even her real name, but that would be you cool. can
0: ask her when she comes on your show.
2: Yeah, I should just ask, really.
0: I have a podcast on BBC Sounds as well called Under the Spotlight, um, where it's, mm. it's more just an interviewing someone about their life. And they're like, who's your dream guest? And I'm like, oh, the only person I haven't interviewed, like who I've always wanted to interview, is Alanis Morissette, because my favourite album when I was younger was Jagged Little Pill. And it's like, oh, we could just ask. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then yeah. we did it. <laughs> wow. And it's just, it's just funny, you're right. Sometimes we just forget to ask, we just assume.
2: Don't ask, you don't get, man. That's but yeah. that, that has been my motive for my for my whole life. I found um, before all of this went down, there was something. Oh, that was it. A lot of people were talking about like 2020, like sharing, like the, the last decade for them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I realized that 2010 was would have been the first year where I really gave Rizzle kicks a go. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I searched for emails from 2010 on my like old email account. Right? Yeah. And oh my God, I just one day I'll go, one day I will actually print these out and put it in some kind of book because I think it would be really good for up and comers or like people who are wanting to achieve something. Because I was shameless. Like I was so, I was utterly like, I would email anybody and be like, yo, this is what I want to do. Like, can we make it happen? And Mm -hmm. sometimes it'd just be like, what like why <laughs> why are you They're almost so imaginably f- far away from like, unimaginably far away from where i was at that time but mm-hmm. i just didn't care because yeah. i had that mentality you know I you used think the, you've lost
0: do you have you lost some of that do you think as you get older and go through the industry that's kind of um maybe naivety but enthusiasm yeah
2: yeah, I, d- I do think I do think I'm more. Well, it's just awareness of your own uh, personal image. I think that's you know I've released solo music recently, and um, you know the response has been nice. But like I know that for somebody who would, if that was their first project, yeah. they would have promoted it more than I did because I was a little bit like I don't know how to explain it. Is it ego? Like is it
0: is that wrong? Is it, it's like an yeah, thing probably is. Yeah. Of course,
2: it's about, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just I'm gonna give myself two sides here. There's one okay. side which is like yeah, probably a pride thing. Like you know. Yeah. Ideally, I wouldn't want to have to ask people to share my stuff. But on the other yeah. side, it's like, I'm not really sure now because of what I've done, if it really is about that for me. It's more about just the fact that I'm having something out there and I'd rather it just grew organically, which um, is, was definitely not my mentality when I was a kid. I used to like graft, I used to graft away. I used to make stickers and I used to make these like packs in jiffy bags where I'd like make a put a CD and I'd like print the cover and print the CD sticker and I made a like mm. a laminated bio. <laughs> and I'd just go and post it through like record labels doors I mean times have also changed now so
0: most people started that way like you know yeah. every you, you kind of have to put the graft in my first kind of break getting in television was winning this MTV competition and they someone said oh, I was so jealous when you won the MTV competition I remember seeing it and I was like oh did you enter it and they went no they <laughs> am like oh <laughs> like, do, you know, do you know what i mean they're like oh i'm jealous because i remember thinking oh i'd love to do that i'm like but if you if you didn't put yourself up for it you're not gonna oh, have a God. chance and i i think that mentality because sometimes i see things and i'm like oh yeah and i'm like oh but did i actually do anything did i get off my arse myself and do anything about it yeah, um no. so a lot of it does have to come from myself because what i've learned in this industry is people don't come banging on your door most of the time you kind of have to bang down there as
2: yeah ultimately it all it all comes down to the belief you have in yourself and yeah. and and self-worth which is constant maintenance oh do you know one guy who i i think is fascinating and 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 uh would love to speak to i don't know if he's ever done a podcast but there's a guy called lenny b johnson basically i was speaking to a friend like last year and we were talking about um black cinema and like you know the success of like get out on black panther and But then there have been, like, loads of other films that were kind of around the same topic. And and then we were like, well, wouldn't it be really amazing to see a film about a black inventor, you know? Like, like just a film about invention rather than Mm -hmm. constantly about, I don't know, potentially re-traumatising ourselves or whatever. But... So I just got into this amazing space of just inc- finding all these incredible black inventors. And then I, I came across this guy, Lonnie B. Johnson, and he invented the super soaker by accident. He the super was- soaker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, listen, <laughs> listen. It's, it's so, he's I didn't life. expect you to say that. It's so fascinating. No, because he was yeah. a rocket scientist. He's literally... yeah, yeah. He's literally... He's
0: successful, though, by making Super Soap. He'll probably make more money in the end.
2: Oh, my God. He's, it's worth, it's, his business is worth, like, 20 million or billion or something like that. and mm-hmm. like, But he made it by accident when he was trying to design something for an actual rocket. And, like, yeah, um, that is a fascinating mind. I feel
0: like that's a screenplay that you could write.
2: you Okay, Laura, mm-hmm. is there any way of us copywriting it on this podcast? Because actually, as yeah. I'm saying that, I, I have an idea. I've, I want to make it into a film. I wanted to bring up okay. to somebody. We've,
0: okay, nobody can copy this idea because you're going to make a call and you're going to copyright that straight away. What is well, it? Do? You, write, you write it down and stick it in an envelope and seal an envelope and that actually stands up in court. Does it? Yeah.
2: Well, I suppose if we release this quite fast, then I have time evidence.
0: <laughs> You've got time.
2: Yeah, I'll be like, you heard the fucking podcast and then you went and made the film. I want my rights.
0: I feel like throughout this podcast, I've given you loads of ideas for different things you're going to do. Because every time we uh, say something, you're like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. No, Actually, I, I maintained my position on that one. I had already thought of you the You already had the idea.
0: Yeah, you know but- what? This re- it, it kind of uh, resonates, brings me back to um, Alicia Keys said in uh, Brené's podcast, um that we all have different parts in our mind, which you can't create if you don't access that part of yourself. And I think a lot of us are going around with all these parts, like you, uh, me, anyone listening to this, that we just don't know are there. And sometimes it can be having a conversation for that, for that catalyst happens. Oh and suddenly God. you just go, bing! And you're like, oh, it, it's, it's me. It's me. It's always been there. I just hadn't opened it before. Oh,
2: Laura, I just think it's the, I just think it's the reason why we're here, man. Like conversation, mm-hmm. it's just... When I've been, even days when I've been struggling in this quarantine, like if I've just had just a, uh, just a love it, just an exchange of thought ideas, just reveling in the kind of unknown, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And also, especially with creativity, I don't believe that anybody as themselves are really coming up with these ideas. I think we're tapping into a kind of collective fields that anyone mm-hmm. can. There's some really interesting stuff around that actually. Yeah. Did you know, here's some trivia that, Dennis de was created <laughs> in America and England within the same week and neither person knew about each other.
0: Stop it. Is that, <laughs> is that a known thing? I
2: don't know if it was a known thing, but it's the truth. They, they have a Dennis de Menis in America. He's, so the they've, got, get...
0: they've got proof to show that neither of them knew about the other idea.
2: Yeah. Dennis de Menis was created in the 50s. So, like, how anyone would be able to within a week I mean...
0: have to at the same time? All right,
2: Laura, Laura, be real, right? Have yeah. you been in a situation where you have known someone's about to speak to you?
0: Yeah, I've thought of somebody going, God, I haven't heard from them in ages. And then, and then boom, I get a text from them.
2: Honestly. We're her. interesting,
0: us humans, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Um, Jordan, it's been, you know, it's been really lovely.
2: Can I ask you something before yeah. we end this? How much of your day is consumed planning your TikToks?
0: of your day spent watching my tiktoks uh, they're
2: like so good i just think like
0: really do you think they're? i thought i think they're shocking i think basically it's a platform for 12 year olds
2: you and ian that is funny man you
0: know what it's like working in television stuff i always think the first time you do something's the funniest yeah we don't really plan anything half the time you do something and what we did the thing you know, we climb over are you claiming
2: there's one there's one you're doing these in one
0: take yeah, because you can't like it's really hard to edit them. Like once you do them, you just have yeah. to do it. Do you know what I mean? I, I didn't know someone only told me this week that there's like a drafts button or something that you can save it. I don't what? know. What? I don't know. It's new to me, but you know what? It's it's, it's really positive. What I like what I like about it compared to other stuff is you don't get like Twitter I feel has become quite negative and there's a lot of angry, unhappy people while <laughs> the space of TikTok TikTok seems to be fun, energetic, and I like it not knocking people
2: yeah yeah that is true
0: brings you joy anyway I'm gonna let you go on this thank you I always love talking to you I always end up talking to you longer than planned but um, stay safe have fun I'll see you on TikTok we'll do a little bit of a dance battle thank you Jordan alright lots of love man and that's it another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks yeah I just said that sorry all of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes now if you love this conversation as much as I did please share your thoughts by leaving a review and if you'd like to receive weekly installments of cast away delivered straight to your phone hit the subscribe button until next time that's it from me take care